Welcome to A Thousand and One Good Nights, a podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Follow along with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they explore the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. Hey, man. Hey, Nick. Are you ready to talk about Dragon's Love Tacos? Very ready for some tacos. <laughs> Good. And some dragons. So, <laughs> some dragons. I, I, I was struggling to come up with a plot synopsis of this book because it's, it's, it's not really a traditional plot. Um, <laughs> it, it's more that you learn things about dragons than you it's almost more of an experiment so the the, the basic premise is um the there, there's kind of a narrator that, that 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 is talking about uh dragons and, and and there's this sort of knowing like everybody loves dragons and what do we all know about dragons and and then but they say something that we don't all know because he's, he's about to tell us. But if you've read the title, then you can probably guess it's the dragons love tacos, but the hitch is that dragon digestive systems really react poorly to, to spice and like, you know, spicy salsas are really common addition to tacos. So it's a fraught situation <laughs> because they, their passion for tacos sometimes leads them astray and then uh, there's a party at some point in the book, and then the dragons are loving it, and they're eating the tacos, and then all of a sudden they add mild salsa, which should be fine, but then there's jalapenos in there, hmm. and all of a sudden the dragons start just burning the house down because they didn't they didn't realize that they they didn't read the fine print. So maybe right. that, their, their reactions to to the salsa is not just like tummy aches. It's they start right. breathing fire uncontrollably. <laughs> right. Whereas and, and most, you know, usually when you have guests over and, and, and something upsets their stomach, maybe you avoid the bathroom or something, but this has much more <laughs> dire consequences. So there is no bathroom. Afterwards. Right. There is no, yeah, no, no more, but then it turns out that the, the dragons are, are kindly folk. Um, and they help rebuild the house. And right. part of the, part of the reward for rebuilding the house is they, they get the taco breaks. So, um, did, did that, did I, it's an excellent summary. Well, I get, I mean, that's, that, that's not why you're, you're that not, you're, you're not, book. you're not reading the book for the, for, for the plot. I, I'm not, maybe, maybe your, maybe your kids are, are, are really on the edge of their seats. Like where, where is this going to take us? No. Well, it's like a, as you kind of pointed out, it's like a cross between a kind of like a documentary, like learn about this thing, dragons. And kind of a recipe book too, yeah. especially in the sense that the the narrator is kind of like telling you all these things, like in a very instructive way, just like the narrator of a recipe book kind of tells you fairly firmly and forcefully, do this, don't do this, add right. this much, don't add this. Um, so I don't know if that's intentional or not, but that's one of the kind of intriguing things about this is that it's it's not... I mean, there's a little bit of a story. There's a bit of a narrative arc, but it's it's mostly like a, yeah, like a cookbook. Yeah, I mean, there's there's narrative tension. There's you, the dragons love the tacos, and, and you can it's telegraphed 
but there's also a danger is, is the spicy salsa. So how, how is it going to play out? You are, there is some level of suspense in that. How are they going to navigate the, the perils <laughs> of eating their favorite food without uh, a potentially fatal? I mean, if you're a, maybe dragons are, are immune, but if you're just somebody else at that party, you're equally fervently hoping that there isn't anything spicy <laughs> in the food. <laughs> Yeah, what do you so one of the things that confused me at first about this book and maybe still a little bit, but I think it makes more sense when you consider it as a like a recipe book is that the the narrative the narrative voice or position is like kind of all over the place. Like sometimes it's there's this sort of dopey little kid who's kind of the I don't know, it's not really a protagonist, but it's like the only person in the, in the book and right. sometimes the narrator's talking to the kid, I think, but then sometimes it's talking to my kids. And then sometimes he's talking to the dragons and then sometimes it's just spouting kind of life advice to the sort of to the universe about dragons. Right. So it's a bit, it's a bit perplexing and I'm not sure that it, is there a function to that, to the voice being all over the place? I don't, I, well, <laughs> so here's, here's what I think. Uh, I think, yes, I think we can talk about whether this book is, is funny for kids or adults or both or how it treads that line. But um, the way it's set up, it's, it's like this advice book for this kid on how do you throw a good party for dragons? Mm. And that's a nonsensical thing because on several levels, because dragons are mythical creatures and typically they're, considered dangerous mythical creatures not to this kid though he's got well, not to this kid. Well, that's, the, that's the, so the thing is you realize one of the fun things about talking about this book is that obje- objecting to it criticism criticizing this book just makes me feel really lame right does, does this <laughs> like and, and, and i kill joy does, do you get what i'm saying so if you so i don't want to be the grumpy adult that says, well, just so you know, kid, if there were dragons, they'd probably be mean and like fire breathing. And like, you'd have other problems than just worrying about, uh, the condiments on their salsa. Okay. I don't want to be that person. And I don't want to be, yeah, the narrow voice is over the place, but now that I've already backed away from being a critic, I feel like I'm not going to get back in there and say, now who's this book really talking to? And I don't know. Well, okay. But, but I, I'm always thinking about it from the perspective of my kids. And so the, the first page, the first lines of the book are, Hey kid, did you know that dragons love tacos? Right. Dot, 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 dot. So who, who, who is my kid supposed to, are, is the narrator talking to them? Is, are they talking to the kid in the book? Is it both somehow? I'm just, I'm just trying, I'm trying to think as my kid, like, is that confusing? Is that fun? Yeah. Is it, I don't um, know. How, well, how much, how much is, do your kids know about dragons? So are they, 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 not a whole lot. They know more about dinosaurs than about dragons. I sure, think. but 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 do they do they think that it's zany that that dragons love tacos and that we all live in this universe where we accept that dragons love tacos? In other words, do, when they say dragons love tacos, do they say things like, "Oh, I bet they don't." That's, I mean, you don't want to no wander too, too far down the, the path of well, what have they eaten instead of tacos? <laughs> No, not at all. And and I'm I'm actually having a little mini uh, parenting existential crisis here because I think this book could be my kid's first sustained introduction to dragons, which is really messed up. <laughs> right. <laughs> like if, if this is their first impression, right, if their yeah, baseline they're... idea of dragons is kind of these goofy taco eating things that are very helpful, um, 
Yeah, they love. They love I don't know what the consequences of that are <laughs> like, for the rest of their reading lives. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like in terms of maybe understanding the stakes of fairy tales, maybe it's a little bit tricky when you get St. George and the Dragon. And it's like, I don't know why I just didn't give him a taco and they call, call it a deal. Or did, or did St. George just forget to invite him to a costume party? Is that what the what the issue is? Yep. Um, but I mean, that's that's true of, you know, my uh, maybe my son's first encounter with a, a crocodile is this book called crocodaddy and it's it's a it turns out that actually the crocodile is the boy's father and so all the things that he's doing with the crocodile it's actually he's just like playing pretend games with his dad so it's kind of sweet <laughs> but the first time he sees a crocodile it's like isn't it fun to like jump in the water and like play with a crocodile and i don't know that that's great life advice you know either and so at least dragons are mythical so as just in terms of making a misstep in the real world where you walk up to a dragon and offer a taco and I, I don't know that, that 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 seems okay yeah I mean maybe it makes but I but I think uh, these dragons are still fire breathing dragons so yes even if they're even if they're friendly they're still dangerous and that's 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 also a, a thing that I, I feel like I'm interested in teaching my kid is that it's in, even if you're not at odds you can still be respectful of the danger that like somebody or something represents. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do that what you will, <laughs> but, but anyway, but, but the point is, yeah, it's meant to be silly. And I think that it, 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 once you start off with the premise that it's a how to book about uh, like the, the best kind of party for dragons, then I, I think as a reader, as a, you kind of relax a little bit. And so let me ask you this: Where, if you're you're a I don't know curator at Barnes and Noble, and you you get this book in for the first time, like what section of the children's book area does this belong in? Like okay, how do you well, how do you think uh, about it categorically? Um, I don't know if so. I I would think because a lot of times those they just like alphabetical or they they don't they don't break things in, in, in which maybe they should in terms of like amusing subgenres. I think if I was the uh, like person who's in, if, if if I if I was the anthropomorphized version like the Amazon algorithm, like well you like this book, you, you should right. also enjoy blank. I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, like the day the crayons quit. Have you have you have you, you, yes. you read that one? So that mm-hmm. where it's like it, it's kind of unexpected, you know things behaving in unexpected ways um a lot of jokes for adults and one of the great things about this book is there are a lot of jokes for adults that it's right like so one of the questions in the book poses uh, which uh i don't know that anybody's really asking (laughs) (laughs) why do dragons love parties maybe it's the conversation maybe it's the dancing maybe it's the comforting sound of a good friend's laughter like yeah Mm. that's that's why i like parties too (laughs) Yeah, the, so I think the day the crayons quit makes sense. It would it would go with that. Maybe even, in some ways, maybe even the book with no pictures yeah. or the this. tone. The tone is similar, I think. Where, it's, yeah, it, it's I'll, almost like uh, there, sometimes these kind of feel. Like we, we've talked about this before that, that maybe kids enjoy uh, when the adults and the, the reader of the book are a little bit off balance. Like, like the, the power balance has shifted a little bit. Yeah. And I feel like this accomplishes that. In other words, the, and the, this, this is, 
kind of a bizarre world in which dragons are taco eating and and the, the kid is the one that's being entrusted with this they're they're being given they're learning this life skill about how to throw parties for dragons and then honestly i would not have been able to give many recommendations about that so it it, and and even the recipes are a very adult sort of thing that like they get to kind of follow up. So it, yeah. it makes them, it, it kind of feels like we're all in this together with, with, with the parent and the kid are all in this together in terms of navigating the, the world of dragon. Let's talk about is that. that check out yeah. I, I sort of think that the, to me, like a, a strong common theme with a lot of these books like this is that they, they're children's books that seem from the get go to be explicitly, sort of designed for and marketed toward parents because they're clever in some way. And this, you know, I've had a change of heart on this. This used to kind of bug me. Like I, I it like annoyed me that there were all these books that seemed to be more about um, coming across as like clever and witty to other adults and, and sort of like ignoring kids. Yeah. But the the book with no pictures really changed my mind about this because I, I think it's really, there's a way in which it's kind of genius because it it acknowledges that for kids, especially for little kids, oftentimes the it's not just about the story or the substance of the book. Like reading is is like a community activity, and yeah. and if you can create a book that intrigues parents and gets parents um, and adults like involved and active, it makes the experience way more fun and enjoyable for the kid, I think. Oh, I think so. And, like, right. and, and so uh, we've often talked about one of the great things about books that are easy to read are th- it gives parents reading a, an opportunity to observe the child. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can sort of turn autopilot on and just crank out going on a bear hunt and then you can step back and watch your kid uh, absorb the story or, or experience right. it. But I think it's also important that to remember that the, uh, especially kids, little kids that can't read themselves, um, or maybe if that they're looking at the parent too. So this is a chance for them to watch us and kind of see how we react to things and even things that they don't, that aren't a part of their world, like how we react to, uh, jokes that might be a little bit above their head, like just to get, have them witness that. Now, I guess that happens throughout. Like if, if you bring your kid along to, uh, I don't know, running errands or having conversations with friends or garden parties or things like that, they're going to get that too, but not, not in this kind of environment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it it's, it's kind of, uh, is subversive the right word where it, it, this is, playing with conventions of, yeah. of children's book experiences because it's sort of, it's breaking the frame by, by creating little like jokes and witty things that make parents like kind of like chuckle to themselves or, or get visibly excited. It, it, t- it makes it about more than just the book, but about, again, about like the experience of reading. And so it's, you know, it's kind of self-conscious, which I think is what annoyed me about it at first, this type of book. But I think it serves a really like a much bigger function of it kind of expanding what it means to um read books to kids in, yeah you know <laughs> and so how does it how does it do that is it just because it has a lot of things that both the kids that both kids and adults love so is it, is it kids kids love creatures like dinosaurs or dragons so let's throw a bunch of those in there and kids like tacos tacos that's that's a part of their world let's let's throw some tacos in there that's and that's for the kids and then for the adults it's um, a take on uh, dr- uh, dragons 
doing charades, which is is more of a adult party thing than a than a kid party thing typically. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Um, and I, and the, you just like throw all this stuff in there, and then and then and then you can that that's what brings everybody together. And then once you have all those elements, you can kind of focus on playing to both audiences independently or uh, maybe, but I think part of it is more subtle in, in that kids, I think just kind of pick up on when a parent is actually not just enjoying a book, but is kind of surprised by it and themselves trying to kind of grapple with it. I think, I think somehow kids will pick up on, the way a parent like deals with the book with no pictures or even dragons um, love tacos is different than the way a, you know, a, a parent or an adult would approach like the little engine that could, even if they had never right. read it before, you know, cause it just follows all a book like that just follows all the, the conventional stereotypes for it. So there's nothing really kind of surprising, but I think, I think kids pick up on when, adult readers get kind of thrown a little right. bit or even just, yeah, they just kind of like break out of the, the typical storytelling mode. Right. Like it, if, if, a, if a, when adults lose, when they smirk a little bit, maybe. Right. <laughs> they, right. They, Stuff they, like they that. Pick up, yeah. Or even sometimes I'll, I'll see something in a book and actually in, in this book. So on, <laughs> there's a page where the kid is like prepping all the, the tacos and ingredients before the party. And so there's all these, there's literally a boat filled with tacos because that's how many you need and there's these boxes of different ingredients and then there's this (laughs) next to the boxes of lettuce and onions and cheese there's this pair of pants like human pants full of tacos but there's nothing else it's just a pair of pants that looks like a body got chopped off at the waist and at the feet at the ankles what is going on with that and so like i saw that and i i like literally broke the narrative of reading this book and pointed out to my wife. And I was like, what? Oh, you <laughs> what put out your, your wife. So not, not the, not the, that's not even, no, that, that, you want to like, <laughs> you want to turn right away to an adult to say, what do you think is like, let's solve this riddle right now. <laughs> but stuff like that, I think kids probably like, actually, I think they like it, it. It makes, I don't know, it probably makes their parents more relatable because they're, they're doing that all the time with stuff. They're constantly right. having to figure out what stuff means. Um, what what is the deal with those pants, by the way? Yeah, I have know? no. I, I'm, I'm I'm staring at that right now. I have no. I I I, I don't even have like a. I, don't, I can't even speculate. I mean, it, in a, and if it was a different kind of book, that would seem ominous. Like there's a, like what happened to the other half, or what does this mean? But it, 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 but also, pants are a terrible way to transport anything because they have. Like, do you tie up the? Pa- I don't. I'm not even. I'm, we, like, <laughs> Um, but here, see, this is, we're, we're doing what we're talking about, right? We're kind yeah. of breaking out of the normal frame. So anyway, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, th- this book at once, like it, it invites criticism, but then it, you, you can't go too far down that road, I think, before realizing like there's kind of a genius to it too. That's right. Hey everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of a thousand and one good nights. If you want to learn more about this book and other bedtime stories, check out our website at 1001goodnights.com. That's 1001goodnights.com. Be sure to sign up for our monthly email newsletter to get updates about upcoming seasons and other new content. Finally, please help us out by rating the show on iTunes. This helps spread the word about the show and get it in front of new listeners each week.